my dad was in construction long enough, and also I'm, you know, not an idiot. <laughs> this is Then You Ruined It, the podcast that will last until one of us makes it weird. Hope you have a short commute. Well, it is with a twinge of sadness, I must report, that summer has ended. At least here in the Pacific Northwest, the trees have turned from green to red. At least the four or five deciduous trees that we have mixed in are constant evergreens. They're far more popular. But those that can't change color have changed color. The gray and rain have returned to the skies. And I am no longer going camping or crabbing every weekend. The finality of that, it made it sound like it's time for me. To call it quits. <laughs> it's time for me to hang up my boots and ride off into that sunset. Go jump out a window. It's like, oh, no, yep, he was right. As we all know, when an Idahoan reaches 40, he must throw himself off a cliff if he has not already died in stupidity. Go to Dumhalla or wherever we go when we die. I'm like Dumhalla or Duhalla. <laughs> If you, for any Idahoan who doesn't die in some kind of shopping cart going down a hill accident by the age of 40, you must commit seppuku or else you don't get to go to Dumhalla. Checks out. <laughs> Sounds about right. So I went camping a couple times over the summer. This summer, we it's like we all of a sudden realized that there are three national parks within a three-hour drive of us, and we want to go to all of them. And then the last one we went to was the North Cascades National Park which uh, I'd heard of, but I didn't know anything about. Like, normally when you think about a national park, there's some kind of mental image that you have in your head of what this particular one's about. Like, you think of Yosemite, you think of the Big Mountain, you think of Yellowstone, Old Faithful. Up here, you think of Mount Rainier, obviously there's a big mountain. You think of Olympia, there's all those rainforests. Then you think about the North Cascades, you're like, is that in Canada? I don't know what the deal is there. But my wife really wanted to check it out. It's actually the closest one to us. It's only a two and a half hour drive, which is... Just like that perfect sweet spot of, uh, yeah, I don't mind doing that. Two and a half hours, that's easy. If people stop talking to me long enough, I can get two podcasts in. That'd be dope. So we we went there, or well, we we got online and we found a, a campsite. Out of the blue, my friend messaged me. Hey, we want to go camping with you guys. Because I had last year, or early, it was like in January, I'm like, hey, we want to go camping with you guys this summer. Uh, let's figure it out. And then he's like, okay. And then I didn't. We didn't communicate very well because, you know, we we went through that, that period where we thought COVID was over and everyone was real happy and then we got re-depressed. So we go camping and uh, we get to the campsite. We specifically got one that said it could hold eight people. We figure would would squeeze in a little bit. Our family of four, his family of five. We figure, okay, this will be fine. We'll be, it, it'll be against the rules, but, you know, we won't tell anyone. And we get to the campsite and... Uh, they haven't shown up yet. It's just my family. And we look around and I'm like, there's not even a spot for a tent in this campsite, let alone two. Our tents are going to have to touch butts. Is that like an, an agreement you have to sign with the other tent? It's like, just so you know, they're going to touch butts. Is that cool? <laughs> it's not like, okay, if, our, if, if any parts of our tents touch, no eye contact. Just accept that it happened and move on. Made it weird. Or ruined it. Oh, I guess we're done then. Okay. Yeah, well done. Uh, so anyway, we had a great time. It was very fun. And then a couple weeks later, my wife had a panic attack when she realized the summer was ending and she wanted to go camping again. And she's like, let's go back to North Cascades because we didn't take the kayak. 
because when we got there, what we learned that North Cascades has is beautiful alpine lakes. It is gorgeous. Bob Ross would get a boner at this place just trying to think of all the things he could paint. <laughs> awesome. I'm sure they put that on the sign as you're going into the park. Inspiring Bob Ross's boner <laughs> since... And then somebody tags underneath it, rest in peace. Or he's going to die eventually. We're going to have to get sad about when we hear about Bob Ross's boner. Long gone are the days when we can hear about... Yeah, he's already dead. Bob he Ross's died a long time ago. Excited. <laughs> now it's just depressing. <laughs> I was really worried when they said there was going to be a, the controversial story of Bob Ross documentary on Netflix. And I was like, oh no, please don't ruin Bob Ross. No, other people ruined Bob Ross. It, Bob Ross is still pure. I was going to say, they tried to. They could not, because Bob Ross cannot be ruined. Anyways, his boner you were talking about. <laughs> yes, yes. Enough about how pure Bob Ross is. Let me get back to his boner. So we, we didn't take the kayak because we were very stressed. Like we, we decided that our raft was not good enough. I'll come back to when we've discovered we got, I got performance anxiety about my raft. My wife's like, let's take the kayak. Let's go back to North Cascade. This will be great. I'm like, okay, yeah, that'll be really fun. Let's jump on and see if there's any campsite left. Left Because it, it's not like you can just go and camp. You have to go online. You have to get a campsite. And we're like, well, let's see if we can get anything for the last weekend of summer. It was, it was the Saturday of Labor Day that we were hoping to go camping. Like, it's going to be kind of tight, but we'll see what we can find. There was one camp spot left in the whole park, and it was right by the lake where we wanted to go. It was in the same campground as our last one. So we're like, okay, so it'll be a little tight, but it'll be fine. It's just us this time. Should be no awkward tent touching. We get there, and we're like, holy balls, this is big enough for three tents, and they wouldn't have to touch. <laughs> so when we needed a big space, we had a little space. When we needed a little space, we had a big space. What do you do? Buy more tents. <laughs> you get a tent, and you get a tent. <laughs> the last time, I brought an extra tent, just in case my, my friend forgot his. And uh, this time I didn't, and I, yeah, I could have set up another tent and just put my kids in a tent. <laughs> like, you kids sleep there. Your mom and I are going to be over here. This will be our storage tent. We bring so much stuff when we camp, we, we have to have a storage tent. <laughs> All the things we don't need on this trip <laughs> are in this tent. I have learned that we are very different campers than a lot of modern campers in that we still use a tent. Everyone now, it's either an RV, which has been around for ages, or there are these new things where it's just a van with a tent on the top. It's like a pop-up book. Remember pop-up books when you open it and like, oh, it's Frankenstein's castle. Hey. It's like that, but it's a tent, and you just, you flop it open off the top, and you put some poles down, and then a little tent pops up, and you just sleep up on top of your car, hmm. which is really funny to watch people put, try and put their dogs in, because, you know, people got to go camping with their dogs, and they're like, get up this ladder, Fido! So you're, you, you set up your tent, and you're good at that now, because you've done it so many times, and you're just laughing as somebody tries to scramble their giant dog up the top. <laughs> Actually, I really struggle to set up a tent if I don't have another tent to lean it up against. That's just how I learned. <laughs> That's a terrible way to learn how to do a tent. I'm good at tent building, but only if there's a tent already existing. <laughs> I just want to kind of lean mine on that one. <laughs> it's like, I'm really good at building houses. Only if there's another house already there. <laughs> just kind of lean it, and then I kind of scoot it over until it's far enough away. <laughs> Like, you know, like sourdough. You got to build off a starter. All houses are from the same house starter. That's not. My dad was in construction long enough. And also, I'm, you know, not an idiot. <laughs> I know that that's not true. <laughs> you do not start all buildings from the same starter. <laughs> that would be a terrible way to do buildings. I don't know. Sourdough is so much better than regular bread. Maybe a sourdough house oh would be awesome. I bet Hansel and Gretel would, would have just let the witch eat them if they could have eaten sourdough and... Oh, now I want a sourdough pizza. 
Wow. Just think like a sourdough pizza house with cheese on the on the roof and then like pepperoni for cobblestones. Okay. You have a great you have a great house until you eat it or somebody else decides they want to eat it and then you gotta get the starter. Same as like a gingerbread yeah, house. It's a terrible idea. <laughs> That's why no one actually does that, Steve. It's a children's story. Yeah, you want to talk about edible houses, I'll tell you about bad ideas. <laughs> None of this is a good idea. So, you build a tent. You, you, you're having trouble because you can't build it off another tent. No, I can, I can, I can put up a tent just fine. I'm an, I'm an Idaho man. I can build a tent. Build a tent. You don't build a tent. Okay, first off, like, you don't build a tent. You set it up. I don't know why we've been saying build. That's not the correct vernacular. I mean, I, there, I, I don't, it was never a case when I was a kid, but I feel like there was a time when, you know, they, there were not pre-constructed tents and it wasn't as easy as just, oh, wiggle this stick until it snaps into this stick. And now you've got a long curved stick that you can use to make the front of the tent and you're good to go. I, I feel like there was a time when it was like, okay, find good sticks, like find really good solid logs or something. We're going to build this tent from this. I'm not saying when we were alive, like before we were. Now, there has been great advancement in tents. My friend had a tent. You just push a button and half of it sets itself up. And that's pretty neat. But like you're not finding sticks. Now, you might be finding a rock to serve as a hammer because you forgot the hammer to drive your stakes in. That's fine. Nature gives you hammers. (laughs) Nature provided the hammer. Yeah. I just back the car up, back up a little more, and broke the rope. Okay, we got to get a new tent. <laughs> That'd be me. I'd be like, well, work smarter, not harder. What's be- what's heavier than a rock? <laughs> car. <laughs> Roll over that stake until it's all the way in the ground. <laughs> That's a lot of work to go into to avoid just swinging a rock hammer. It is, and yet, I can totally see myself doing it. I have not camped for <laughs> at least a decade, so and when I did, it was definitely the variety of. Actually, I think I went walking while somebody else put up the tents, and we came back and they were up. <laughs> so I don't even remember putting yep. up a tent. That sounds like you, one hundred percent. So anyway, uh, I can set up a tent. I have done the actual build a lean to uh, wilderness survival camping, which. Reminds me of two stories. One, uh, the other day we were walking through the the woods. We have lots of nice little wooded paths in our neighborhood that kind of just fill up all the spaces between houses. And I look off to the side and there's like a lean-to. And I'm like, oh, some kids built a lean-to. Let's go check it out. And my wife's like, what if that's like a homeless person or an axe murderer? And I'm like, no, look, you see all these Cheeto wrappers? This is where kids go to hang out. <laughs> There's probably an old Playboy in the back, but you know, there's not because you know kids have the internet now. But like, it was very much a this is where kids go to run away, eat Cheetos, and look at porn. Ah, uh, being a kid. Wait, I'm still a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm good enough to throw away my Cheeto wrappers in the trash. <laughs> and yes, keep the porn to yourself. But nope, still a kid at heart. <laughs> Now I know what your Saturday nights are like. Life, in general. I just don't go outdoors to do it. (laughs) Keep my Cheetos and my porn inside. Thank you very much. (laughs) That's the dream. You'd grow up. I'd grow up and 
I have a house now that I pay for, and it's a place to keep my Cheetos and my porn. <laughs> and gotta just strew them about outside where everybody can find them. <laughs> the American dream. That's how I knew I made it. I made it big time. If 11-year-old Jason could see me now. <laughs> getting Cheeto crust all over my unit. Uh, Bob Ross's boner, what a life. <laughs> anyway, lean twos. Lean twos, yes. Okay, so the other story... Actually, the other story is not that good. I'll tell that one later when we're really struggling. Because I do need to get back to my performance anxiety of my raft. Because I did tease that thread earlier. So, uh, two years ago, I was introduced to crabbing. And my wife loves seafood. I love going outdoors and capturing animals. So we thought this was the perfect hobby for us. And we bought a raft. And it was this big inflatable raft that it could fit five or six people. One person rows. You go out there. And it's awesome. You don't have to put a big boat on top of your car. You don't have to spend tens of thousands of dollars to have a boat that you, you tow behind you. You just pump it up when you get there and you go out and you drop your traps and you have a great time. Until the wind starts <laughs> and the wind slowly blows you away from your traps and you're putting all your effort into getting out there. Uh, in our group of friends, we bought a raft and then another friend of ours bought a raft and he tried it once and he's like, nope, I'm putting a motor on this sucker. And so he put a motor on his. And then I had another friend who had a uh, inflatable kayak. He's the one that originally got us into it, but he was completely, uh, I, don't know, I guess, more COVID safe through uh, 2020. So he didn't. He never went out with us. And then uh, uh, the last, or one of the last times we were crabbing with uh, all of our friends. We were the only ones who brought the raft, so we were taking all the raft out. A bunch of other friends have cages, but they don't have a boat, so they have to wait for one of us cool boat havers to uh, sponsor a trip so they can take their, their traps out. And uh, so we went out in the morning, and we uh, put out the traps, and then we came back. And then throughout the course of the day, our friend with the, the kayak showed up. And uh, we're like, okay, it's time to go bring in the, the, the pots. And so I took my friend out and we went out there and we were gone for like an hour, hour and a half. And we only got two of them because we had to fight the wind and the current so much that it just couldn't. It just took a, it took a while. And we got to him. We brought him back. We're like, OK, we're going to go out and get more. And he's like, what do you mean more? You were gone forever. Isn't that all of them? I'm like, No, that was just two. We don't have four hours for you to get the rest of these things. Get my kayak. He goes and he blows up his kayak. I'm like, that's too small. There's no way you can get four crab pots on this. And he's like, jump in the back and I'll show you. So I got in the back and we paddled out there and we got four crab tr pots, a bucket full of crabs on this little kayak balancing all over the place. And it took like 30 minutes. And I'm like, oh, I get it now. Rafts are for suckers. <laughs> And my wife's like, we need to buy a kayak. Everyone's making fun of us. So we bought a kayak. I love the peer, not even peer pressure. Like just the, <laughs> they're making fun of you for that. We have to get this thing. So we're literally keeping up with the Joneses. You see, the whole time I'm like, oh, look, look at my raft. Look at my boat. Look at my 
wiener surrogate. It's so much bigger than everyone else's. Everyone can use my wiener surrogate. And then I was taught it's not size that matters. It's how fast you can use it and how much you can accomplish. I love the thought that your wife is trying to teach you something else. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> so what does this tell you? Well, it tells me the size of boats really doesn't matter. No, no, we're not just talking about boats. No, no. <laughs> what else might we be talking about? I don't know. Crabs, you're losing me. What are you talking about? You're out in the ocean where there's a lot of motion. Yes. Suntan lotion? It gets extremely wet. <laughs> it's causing quite a commotion? I don't get it, Dr. Seuss. I'm confused. There can be lubrication. No, that one doesn't work. Never mind. <laughs> You're right. My analogy <laughs> fell apart. I'll find a different way, you idiot. In the meantime, buy us a new kayak. <laughs> Seriously, Jason, you ruined it. If you want to express your displeasure with him, me, or the show in general, you can find us on Twitter. I am at Idahobo, and Jason is at the Jason Sigler. We also do a webcomics review podcast called Digital Strips. Digital Strips.